Welcome to the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings of liberty that were given to us from old. The liberties for us to be able to gather here today to worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth, to hear your word freely proclaimed, and Lord, to be able to pray together as a community of God. I ask you, Lord, to not let us use this liberty in vain, but to take it up and through the freedom, the true freedom of the Spirit, to go forth and spread the good news of the gospel of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, when it comes to one's faith, one's spirituality, one's religion. We live in a nation in which there's a marketplace of ideas in which you can find different religions on any street corner, different denominations of the Christian faith. And because we're Americans, we like two things. We like choice and we like comfort. We like comfortable religion that doesn't challenge us, that doesn't convict us, that doesn't correct us, and that doesn't change us. Now the prophet Ezekiel was all too familiar with this as he was gifted visions from God showing the captivity and the destruction of the people of God, of the city of God, Jerusalem. Yet he was called to preach repentance, turning away to a nation in rebellion. That very nation of God chosen from the peoples of the earth. Not because they were holy, not because they were great and mighty, but because God was taking a people and making it His own to be a light for all the world to see. Now let's talk a little bit about Ezekiel, a little bit about his background. For the prophet Ezekiel, he was already exiled from his home, living as a conquered people under the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king. Ezekiel was a priest who had just entered into the age of his priesthood when God chose him to have visions that would last for another 20 years, the tenure of his entire priesthood. But since Ezekiel was in exile with the first group of Jewish exiles who had been sent away from their homeland, the promised land, he would never get to serve as priest in the temple of God. Instead, God had a different plan. God chose Ezekiel at what appeared to be the end of the kingdom of Israel and the end of the priesthood so that he could use Ezekiel to be his prophet. This is not an easy task as Ezekiel is warned by God in his calling. He is warned, picking up in chapter 2 of Ezekiel, verse 3, And he said to me, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are imprudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And although there's no guarantee that this exiled Jewish people will listen to the prophecies of God uttered by Ezekiel, he's nevertheless called to be a voice in the wilderness. Indeed, God warns Ezekiel in verse 8, But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. 
Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And I looked, and behold, a hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me. And it had writing on the front and on the back. And there were written on it words of lamentation and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. Go speak to the house of Israel. Ezekiel is warned not to rebel against God for the purpose that God has raised him up. Not to rebel like the people had rebelled by refusing to deliver God's word of judgment, of repentance, of salvation. And indeed, Ezekiel is tasked by God to endure and to be the watchman for the people of God. God tells him in chapter 3 and verse 17, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked to be from his wicked way in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you have not warned him, he shall die for his sin, and his righteous deeds that he have done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning, and you will have delivered your soul. What a task. What a task that Ezekiel has. That the blood of the wicked or the righteous who depart from righteousness, their blood will be upon Ezekiel's head. Should he fail to call the person to repent for their sin? Such is the grave task and the grave burden of being a prophet of God. But the vocation of a prophet is rarely one of popularity. For the message of turning from wickedness, of repentance, of going to new life is despised by humanity, despised by the nations, despised by the people who'd rather play in the darkness than bathe in the light. To be a prophet is to be denied by your own people, to often be called a traitor to one's own nation. And our Lord Jesus experienced this within his own home, causing him to say in today's gospel lesson, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. We are called, like Ezekiel, to prophesy, to speak the truth in love, as St. Paul would tell us. The truth, when spoken aloud, will come forth and will sound unloving because it's hard to receive for those who do not have ears to hear. Nevertheless, we are called to speak it, lest blood be upon our hands. Who will speak this good news? Who is willing to live lives of holiness in an unholy land? Who is willing to be a witness as a stranger in a strange land? Who among us is convicted by the call that unless we speak, the blood of the unrighteous is upon us? 
Are there any prophets among us? Church, you are called to be a nation of priests into a royal priesthood, a holy and righteous people, sacrificing yourself for your fellow man. And why? So that they may see with their eyes and hear with their ears that the Lord Jesus Christ has redeemed us, has saved us, and has given us his very spirit to live free. You now belong to the kingdom of our Lord and not the dominion of Satan. We live now like Ezekiel in exile from our true allegiance, from the kingdom of God. And we witness what Psalm 2 records, namely the nations enraged, the peoples plotting, and the rulers of the nations setting themselves against the Lord and his anointed. But the kingdom that we belong to is not from this world, but it is being planted and is descending into this world and is breaking forth as the Spirit lives through us. The time now is for pardon for rebels. So how dare we former rebels withhold this pardon, withhold this ministry of reconciliation and peace. Church, we are called by Psalm 2 to quote, to serve the Lord with fear and to rejoice with trembling. For we kiss the Son of God and we are tasked to tell the world the world that opposes the true king, that it will result in his anger and his perishing. But blessed are all who take refuge in the Son of God, the true king of Israel, the king who died for us. But many do not want peace. Nevertheless, our call is not to give up, not to be exasperated, not to give a half-hearted effort. No, instead we are called and we are tasked to call out the error, call out the evil, call out the rebellion, and yes, the sin of our own government, of our own culture, of our own political parties, of our own neighbors, and to walk in newness of life. How? By living repentant lives, lives that sacrifice ourselves to the glory of God. We're monastics who are living within the world, not called to shelter ourselves away in our private lives, not called to shelter away in our churches and our homes, but to pray for this lost world, this lost nation, for the lost souls that we encounter, and to do so in a public manner. Instead, though, the spirit of this age, the work of Satan would have us hole up in our homes, have us shelter away in our churches, and keep our prayers and our thoughts to ourselves. The spirit of this world says, don't pray publicly. Don't call it sin. Don't mention Christ Jesus. Instead, our culture tells us to keep silence. But what does our Lord say us? What does our Lord tell us? His words ring true. Whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Therefore, may we pray boldly for one another and for those we meet day in and day out, when we see fellow human beings broken in this world and in need of prayer, may God give us boldness not to desert his kingdom, but instead to speak the truth and to name sin for what it is and not to participate in it. For the Lord has promised us never to abandon us, so we should not abandon him. We should constantly speak the words that only the Spirit can give us, that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
and the culture is not. Jesus Christ is king, and the nations of the world are his. Jesus Christ is God, and our politics, our possessions, our passions are not. Christ has redeemed us for freedom from sin, not to freely sin. But the contemporary creed of America is that we're free to do whatever we want so long as it fulfills my own definition as to what constitutes my own personal pursuit of happiness. Regardless if that means the death of the unborn, divorcing my spouse, abandoning my family for some new sexual identity, buying a boat, a car, a home that I don't need, instead of clothing and feeding those who are in need. Christ has called us to follow him. Christ has called us to follow him. Our old self is dead and must die. We are called to a holy living and to a holy dying. So may we die well by finishing our Christian life with a responsive faith. In our vocations, what that means is that we live for Jesus and we identify with him regardless of the cost. Irrespective of the shame that others may heap upon us. For is it really too much to be called a bigot for simply speaking Jesus' teaching, for simply living the life of being a Christian. There are those in Africa, in India, in China, who bear scars of true persecution and who are even experiencing martyrdom, death. But I fear that we in America, we are a weak church because we do not fully trust in the great salvation of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. Is Cardinal... Ratzinger, better known as Pope Benedict, once said in a radio address in 1969, how does all this affect the problem that we're examining? It means that the big talk of those who prophesy a church without God and without faith, it's all empty chatter. We have no need of a church that celebrates the cult of action and political prayers. What will remain is the church of Jesus Christ, the church that teaches and believes in the God who has become man and who promises us life beyond death. The church will be a more spiritual church, not presuming upon a political mandate, flirting as little with the left as with the right. It will be hard going for the church, for the process of crystallization and clarification will cost her much in valuable energy. It will make her poor, and it will cause her to become the church of the meek. Church, hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the poor in spirit inherit the kingdom of God, that those who mourn are comforted, that the meek shall inherit the earth, that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be satisfied, and those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake are blessed. As our Lord Jesus tells us, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Rise up, church. Rise up, church, and be the watchman. Prophesy the truth that Jesus has condemned sin in his own flesh and has conquered death by death to pour out his Holy Spirit abundantly upon us so that we may live truly free, free from sin. Shirk not from calling a spade a spade and a sin a sin. Do not desert your Lord and deny Him by living a lie of a quiet, closed, inner faith that never 
makes a mark on another person, much less yourself. Instead, live boldly. Die boldly. Live in the Spirit boldly. Go forth and expose your love for Jesus Christ to the world that is desperate and hungry for true love. Christ tells us in the Gospel, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and then give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Church, do not be trampled underfoot because you've lost your saltiness. Instead, die well and burn out bright as the lamp bearing the light of God that you were created to be. Shine forth upon the lampstead and fill the dark home of your neighborhood, of your city, and of your country with the light of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. We hope that you'd visit us in person. We have Sunday worship uh, every Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And you can visit us on our website at www.goodshepherdacna.com or visit us on Facebook at Good Shepherd ACNA. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. It not only makes us feel better, but more importantly, it helps those who are searching for Anglican podcasts find podcasts like this one and other ones that are out there on the web. Thank you, God bless, and have a good one. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do.